For over 20 years, I've had a weight issue that was masking a deeper issue, food addiction. Welcome to Foodiction, a podcast about food addiction recovery. I am your host, Julie Hatch. Wow, it's late. I never, I think this is the latest I've ever done an episode for my podcast. Thankfully, it's still Monday, and I'm hoping that I can wrap this up before Monday comes to a close. I will be sad if I break my record of, you know, getting these out there on Monday. (laughs) So um, before I get into the subject today, I wanted to give you an update because some of you may be following my, my health journey and, um, I did go and see my doctor today because I was having a myriad of wacky symptoms, just so many weird, uncomfortable, somewhat painful symptoms and new symptoms coupled with old symptoms that were getting worse. So yeah, I've been a hot mess for a little while here. And I have seen a few doctors. Um, I saw an allergist and I I saw my OBGYN. ordered a test online. I've been looking for answers for quite some time. And I got a new doctor because I changed insurances um, that, and that went into effect this month. So I was very nervous, but I, I'm so happy to report that this doctor, this new family physician of ours, Dr. Maurer, who's part of the premier group is excellent. He really has great bedside manner. And I cannot tell you how much that scores points with me. When doctors give you their full attention, they don't rush you. They listen to you. They think about what you're saying. They team up with you and come up with a plan. Those doctors in my mind are top notch, like can't get better than that. (laughs) So I was relieved to discover that my doctor is that way because I came from a doctor like that and they're hard to come by, unfortunately. So I was very appreciative of the fact that he really was thorough and took time. He was late getting to me, but I don't even care about that. I think that the reason doctors do fall behind is because they're being attentive to their patients. And if that means that I'm going to get that same attention when they come in to talk to me, that I'm going to get their full attention like that, I don't mind if they're late. My doctor was about 20 minutes late and I was perfectly fine with it. It's like, you know what? It's okay. Cause I know you're helping somebody and I know that's why you're busy. And I trust that you'll offer me the same help. And he did. So I'm so grateful. Shout out to all the good doctors out there that do that. Okay. So he decided to take me off my progesterone, but he also said in the same breath that he didn't think it was the progesterone that was causing my symptoms. Boo-hoo. I was hoping that that's all I would need to do and that my symptoms would go away because I did look up the symptoms and they were pretty alarming and I did check off a lot of boxes. So I'm kind of like, Oh really? So he said the very first thing that came to his mind was either inflammation or autoimmune or thyroid. My thyroid was already checked through a blood panel last year, but he did want to do a test for inflammation and autoimmune disease. So I went and had some blood drawn today and I should know those results within two weeks. So I'll be meeting with him in two weeks and hopefully I can get some answers. Really what I'm seeking even more than healing. I mean, healing would be great, but I also know that sometimes there are circumstances where we 
may not know how to heal ourselves. And that could be a very real possibility. Um, it may, what's going on with me may not be something that has to do with autoimmune disease or inflammation. It could just be, um, an accumulation of stress over the years and my body is just giving out or, you know, reacting to that stress, even if it's delayed, because right now I'm actually going through one of the most stress-free periods of my life, I must say, knock on wood. And so, um, but you know, um, I've lived through a lot of trauma and things like that. And you never know how those things can affect your body. So it may be nothing or it could be something, but I really have resolved with the fact that whatever it is or isn't, the information is what I want. I just want to know, do I need to be concerned or not? And my concern for me, what that looks like is, is there something that I can be doing to support my body? Is, you know, now that I know what this is, is there something that I can do and what can I do to help become more educated about it or, you know, or help support my body? That's, that's what that is. So I'm very practical when it comes to things like this. I don't usually get sick. I'm pretty, I'm a pretty healthy person. I think the last time I saw a physician was back in 2012 or 2013. And I haven't really needed to see one since this month until this month. So, you know, I don't really have a lot of health issues, which I'm very grateful for. And let me just say that I really came away with a greater appreciation for my body. We put our bodies through so much and our bodies do so much for us and carry such heavy loads. Sometimes we forget, we forget sometimes. And so when we have crazy wacky symptoms that get grab our attention, we, I kind of chuckled because the doctor said, you know, it could be stress related and my first thought was, oh my goodness, how can it be stress? I haven't, well, first of all, what is stress? Because most of my life has been stress, right? I kind of don't know any differently. It's hard for me sometimes in my mind to know what a stressor is. I mean, I know, but like to really know what a stressor is. So, because that's all I've known. So I will say though, that this is a time in my life where, um, it's definitely been the most stress-free. So I kind of chuckled when he said that. I'm like, um, no, th this isn't anything current. Could maybe, maybe it's an accumulation of stress in the past, but definitely not current. So happy to report that. <laughs> okay, so I, I now have a direction and, and that's all that matters. I just want to know, is this something that I need to be concerned about that I need to, you know, receive treatment for or not. And if it's not great, and if it is, that's fine too, because I just know that whatever challenge I go through is intended for my benefit. It, it will refine me and help make me a better person if I let it, if I allow it to. So I'm kind of going in with that attitude. Okay. So what happened over the last four days, and the reason why this is getting out today is not only because I've had a doctor appointment today, I've been running around doing errands all day. And the reason for that is because the last four days I had a flare up that was really, really bad and really rendered me useless. I couldn't do all the running around that I needed to do. And I, I fell behind even on my housework. I was lucky just to catch up on laundry and, and do that while I was lounging on the couch with my feet propped. Um, it was either the couch with my feet propped or bed <coughs> because literally any movement felt like this weird tingling, uncomfortable, 
somewhat painful feeling and sensation in every muscle of my body and movement intensified it. So yeah. And then I was nursing a migraine and all kinds of other stupid symptoms. So anyway, yada, yada, yada. Um, the upshot of this is that during those four days when I was really rendered useless and extremely weak and fatigued, I, I also was dealing with inclement weather. It was snowing. I mean, Saturday we had a little sunshine. It wasn't too bad, but the rest of the days it was cold and snowing and I already deal with seasonal depression. So that coupled with four days of yucky really sunk me into a pit of depression. I just had a really bad bout of depression. I hate when I cannot be productive and enjoy the satisfaction of accomplishment, a sense of accomplishment. I hate it. It's hard for me sometimes to be still. I really am like a, a butterfly or a hummingbird that kind of flutters around and I follow what intrigues me, what I'm, I'm what I'm curious about, and I'm in, I'm curious about a lot of things. So it's hard for me. It's hard for me to be still. I do have moments when I'm still. I will force myself to. Um, I think it's important to do that to give yourself moments of stillness and quiet. However, my natural inclination is to be up and about and doing things and being active. You know, getting things done. So it was hard and I was depressed and yes, I made some poor choices and I resorted to an old coping mechanism, which looked like binge eating processed sugary food, if you want to call it food. So I had leftover mini marshmallows and mini chocolate chips. And I apologize if that triggers any of you out there with the, that's dealing with food addiction. Um, but I was... I had them left over from the take and bake and because they weren't opened, I didn't feel tempted, but then the bag of marshmallows was opened and it started with that. And then I, once I had that, then I wanted the chocolate opened up that and forgot I even had that. And so the lesson here is twofold. The first lesson for me was I am not powerful, more powerful than temptation. Um, not yet. <laughs> that I am not more powerful than processed sugary foods right now. Um, I'm still learning how to incorporate new habits to replace the old bad habits. And it's a painful journey, honestly. It's hard. But I learned that I cannot store any anything, even if it's not for me and it's for my daughter or my husband. I cannot store anything that could remotely tempt me. Cannot. Um, I'm not above temptation. I'm not. It's unfortunate. I really wished I was and hoped I was and thought I was, but I'm not. So that's the first lesson. The second lesson is how do I resolve the heaviness, the despair, the sadness, the angst, the anxiety, all of that? How do I remedy that if I don't use food? What can I replace food with? And the first thing that popped into my head was I need to get out of this house and get out of myself. I need to get out of my head and I need to focus on doing for someone else. I need to focus on giving of my time and my energy to others because that in my mind is the best remedy. It may not be a cure-all, but it definitely improves my depression and anxiety. 
when I have those bouts. I want to share with you very quickly an experience that I had when my coworker and I quit our jobs. Uh, we still stayed in touch, um, mostly because my coworker knew my other family members because my other families worked at the same place I did. And so they became a family friend. And uh, we decided to form a community group for our city. Now there are a lot. And when I say a lot, there are so many groups on Facebook for American Fork. Oh my goodness. Like one group will focus on events. Another group focuses on the history Another group is more about news, newsy stuff like, oh, last night this dog got loose or, oh, hey, somebody vandalized this or be on the lookout for this. Somebody stole this or this is a recommendation or a referral for the best mechanic, dog groomer, et cetera, et cetera. Right. And then there's our group. And I think our very first initial impression was we wanted to create a group that was more proactive we wanted to share the history. We wanted to preserve it. We also wanted to support small businesses and and still help keep the small town feeling of our very ever large, well, ever growing large city. We wanted to help um, help that, and so we also thought, how do we do this, and how do we how do we get people excited about engaging with within the community? and getting them involved. And how do we do this? And so uh, my co-admin and I, we decided we felt very, both of us felt very, very strongly that we needed to focus on service and presenting service opportunities or humanitarian efforts for the group. Now you can't do that and not participate yourself because then you look like a fool. You hear, you, you look like a fool. <laughs> no, but seriously, you are a hypocrite. If you're putting it out there and suggesting it, but then not doing it yourself, it can really come across as hypocritical. So I grabbed my daughter and before I knew it, because every month we, we would host and um, many of them needed repeat help. And so my daughter and I, sometimes uh, we would go weekly, like uh, the Sewing Bees of American Fork, for instance, we would go and weekly and help. And I noticed it was almost transformative really for my daughter and I, it was that profound of a change because what I noticed is we weren't engaging with electronics anymore. We, in fact, even when we were home, we weren't as interested in them. We were spending less time with electronics, whether it was TV game, you know, game consoles or cell phones or computers, we were spending way less time. And we really had a lot of neat discussions. We were connecting, my daughter and I were connecting with each other and with others in deeper ways. Um, my mom raised us, my mom and dad were really good examples of service, of just being very compassionate and service oriented. My mom told me one time that you love who you serve and you serve who you love. And it's so true you can't give and not receive, although that's not the reason we serve. It's, it's impossible. I'm just convinced it's impossible. We know of all the psychological benefits of service. So I'm not really going to go too much into that, but I was really curious. I wanted to know on a physiological level, if 
service had an effect on us because there's times when service felt so cathartic to me. It felt healing to my soul. And, you know, they say that the opposite of addiction is connection. We've all heard that. But what better way, but what better way to connect with people than to serve, you know, to give of your time and your effort and your energy. It's such a gift, such a gift. Lending an ear, that's an invaluable gift. Lending an ear for somebody, not talking, not relating, but just letting them talk and listening. I'm really trying to work on that. I really am. It's hard because I'm a talker. Oh my goodness. I'm a talker. I think sometimes when you go through trauma and you lose your voice, once you gain it, once you gain your voice back, (laughs) it's almost like you can't shut up. That's my, my, my issue. Anyway, I wouldn't say that's the case for everybody, but I do kind of wonder if that's like a trauma thing or what, because I, I definitely have the gift to gab. And this has only surfaced after a lot of healing, emotional healing and mental healing and physical healing. And yeah rediscovering my voice and learning how to use it in a positive way. It's all been, I'm very awkward socially, trust me. (laughs) So it's all been a a learning curve for me, but I really, I learned something about our youth. Our youth need a purpose. They need to have a purpose. That is what is missing with most of our youth today. They need to have a purpose that helps them understand how they're needed and helps them understand what gifts and talents and skills they bring to the table. I really, even myself, started feeling much more confident in myself. I was developing new skills and learning. I was connecting in very deep ways. When you serve, when you truly serve, it is one of the biggest shows of love, I think, that you can give another person. It says, I love you louder than just about anything. And I think that when that love is present between you and a group or you and a person, that that love can't be there without the spirit. And I think that the spirit creates deeper bonds. When that love is exchanged, it's it creates a very deep spiritual bond with that person. It really does. And connects you in a very deep way. So I think my mom is right. You love who you serve and you serve who you love. But I did do a little bit of research that I wanted to share with you. Um, First of all, I want to give credit to Kristen Brustel. This is a meme that she created on Facebook and I snagged it because I found it very helpful and informative. And it has to do with our happy hormones. How do we release all those happy hormones in our brain when our brain doesn't seem to be releasing them in large amounts? (laughs) Like, how can we do this? How can we get our brain to release some of, or, or our, I don't know, our thyroid? I don't know what actually produces this in our body, but how do we get that hormone, the happy hormones in our body, in our system, in our brains? And there's four that she listed here. So let's talk about these. There's dopamine. And this is the reward chemical. You can feel the effects of this through completing a task or any type of self-care activity. The reward chemical. I've often wondered, you know, not wondered, but I've often considered 
that a lot of my emotional eating was when I felt like I was in sacrifice somehow and deserved a reward. I wasn't getting that dopamine. And, um, I think that's the, that's the specific hormone that I probably needed and wasn't, wasn't getting. So it's nice to know, Hey, if I complete a task or I participate in a self-care activity that that can help release the dopamine. Good to know. Okay. Oxytocin. This is the love chemical. So dopamine is the reward chemical. Oxytocin is the love chemical. Okay. Oxytocin is released when we do things like playing with a dog or a baby, holding hands with someone, giving someone a hug or a kiss, giving someone a compliment. It's the love chemical. And then there's serotonin, and this is a mood stabilizer. So when you do things like exercise, meditate, go on a walk, sit in the sun, or be in nature, serotonin is released. Probably uh, pets. I think pets probably help help us release serotonin too um, because they're nature. And so I kind of lump that in with nature. Um, Actually, though, if we're playing, it says if we're playing with a dog, that's oxytocin. That's a love chemical. Okay. Maybe it's both, but they put it under oxytocin. Okay. And then there's endorphin. This is a painkiller. Um, and that is released when we watch funny videos, when we laugh, and when we exercise. Oh, you know what I was just thinking? My mother's been having a lot of arthritic pain. And we usually go over once a week, at least we try to get over there once a week to play games with mom and dad. And inevitably my mom is so, I love my mom's humor. Oh my goodness. She and I share the same humor and we just play off of each other. It's, and my daughter too. I think, and my dad, we are all have the same humor, I think, but we can sit there and we'll laugh and laugh and laugh till we're in stitches until it hurts. And we have, you know, tears in, eye, in our eyes and we're, you know, we're crying. We're laughing so hard. Inevitably it happens. And, um, I was just thinking, you know, I need to get over there and make my mom laugh so that endorphin is released in her body and she's not feeling so much arthritic pain. Oh, poor mom. Anyway. Um, so this is what you can do instead of emotional eating. You can do these things and they help release happy hormones in our body. Um, knowing that, now I'm going to move on to this little bit of research that I have. It's not a lot here, but I did find an article on Harvard Health Online. And it said that when we serve, it lowers, helps to lower our blood pressure. It increases our, our lifespan, or it can, I should say it can, it's not guaranteed, but it can increase our lifespan and it helps reduce stress. Um, this is coming from an article by Car Carnegie Mellon University that was shared in June, 2013 titled psychology and aging. They also said that on average, if you participate in service 100 to 200 hours per year, that it can have those positive physical effects on your body, lower blood pressure, increased lifespan, reduce stress kind of thing. Okay. Then I went to psychology today and I learned something really interesting because they said that each happy chemical or home hormone that is released in our body kind of, 
I don't want to say rules or commands, but kind of is in charge of, we'll say, <laughs> maybe manages as a better word. But they said that dopamine helps with motive or not helps, but it says dopamine is all about the motivation and arousal. Serotonin is all about the sleep, appetite, learning. Oxytocin is about bonding, trust, and empathy, um, wound healing, and mood boost. So another mood boost. Serotonin is a mood booster, but so is oxytocin, apparently. Interesting. So <coughs> this is what I found interesting, though. It said, when oxytocin, which is the love chemical, is boosted, so are dopamine, which is the reward chemical, and serotonin, which is the mood stabilizer. So when oxytocin is boosted, so are dopamine and serotonin. Isn't that cool? Love, man, there is some serious power in love. <laughs> so I found out those little factoids today and thought I would share them with you. That there are not just psychological benefits, but there are also physiological benefits to service. I think there's also spiritual benefits to service. Like I said, I think it helps us to bond spiritually in, in deeper ways and in unspoken ways. So I've noticed, I remember one time way before my co-admin and I started this group, I had an opportunity one time because I do have social anxiety quite a bit. <laughs> it's often and it's pretty intense, but I've never been one to allow that to be an excuse. I'm always one. I, I try to challenge myself constantly and one such opportunity came my way and fell in my lap through church. I had been invited to drop off birthday treats to the women in our church. And just at the mere invitation, I, I heard it like a challenge. They had no idea that I was feeling the challenge, but I was because all of this anxiety came to the surface right away. At just the mere idea of dropping off treats to these women's home. And a lot of these women I didn't know very well or at all. And um, yeah, I, to say I was nervous is an understatement. I was anxious and not in a good way. <laughs> so I, I immediately recognized all this anxiety coming to the surface. But I felt this really soft voice in my heart say, you need to do this. You're going to learn something by doing this. That'll be valuable to you. Okay. So I accepted the challenge and I decided to do this. And I remember just praying that nobody would answer the door. Oh, please don't come to the door. Please don't come to the door. I'll just leave it on your doorstep, send you a text and let you know it's there, but please don't come to the door. And some of them didn't, some of them didn't come to the door and I was able to do that. But this one house I went up to, <laughs> a woman answered and she was familiar. I'd seen her in passing, but I didn't really know her. We were acquaintances, but we weren't necessarily friends who talked or did anything together. And so she started talking with me and it started like small talk. And of course I made up excuses to leave because my heart was racing a mile a minute and I felt like it was in the middle of my throat. And I'm just feeling sweaty and uncomfortable and uh, yeah. So I'm making excuses. Oh, you know, I've got to get going. And, but we, she continued to talk and I never want to just be rude and leave. That's just rude. 
But the more she talked, the more I started to relate. And the more I discovered that she and I had a lot in common. And we talked and we talked. And I think we talked for a good, seriously, a good hour or two that day. We talked a long time. I think it was that day because I had gone back even after this opportunity ended, <laughs> stayed in touch with her, learned she was a masseuse. She's an excellent masseuse, came and gave me a wonderful um, massage because I had really sore muscles. But um, we became friends. And even from that first meeting, I felt such a genuine love and care for her that I wouldn't have ever felt if I'd never accepted that opportunity. And I will never forget that encounter with her. I will never forget it. I continued to challenge myself and delivered the rest of the birthday treats for that month. And um, I had even more opportunities and they were all the same in that I just felt this genuine love and care emerge from my heart that I suddenly had for them that I didn't have before. And my, what I noticed is that my anxiety started to dissipate. Um, I still feel it. I always feel it initially, but I have also learned that I can push through it and it goes away. It doesn't, it doesn't stay. It goes, it goes away. And that's come through time and practice. <laughs> it's come through time and practice. So the very thing that we don't want to do is usually the very thing we need in order to eliminate or at the very least dissipate some of the anxiety and depression that we experience. I know, I know, I know that that is not what some of you may want to hear. I get it. But truly, if you can really challenge yourself not to wear depression and anxiety as your identity, and push yourself through it. Just don't overthink it and just do it. You will probably discover what I've been able to discover and experience the myriad countless benefits and blessings of service. You don't do it for those reasons, but it's so easy to do it for love because just like my mom said, you love who you serve, you serve who you love. And I can't think of any better way to truly connect with a person than to give of yourself, your time, your energy, your gifts and talents. Truly, 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 it's so amazing. And I really think that it does help to heal our souls and that all of that good stuff, energy, whatever you want to call it, flowing through our bodies, I just can't help but think it helps to heal us on, on a physical level, an emotional level. There's just something so powerful, so, so powerful about it. I think of service like, or I should say charity is really a combination of love and service. In my mind, charity is love and action. And it's the pure love of Christ. And I think we are most like our savior when we are in service. And it's not always meant to be convenient. I learned that too, that service is not often not convenient actually. And that when you can make time and create time and really commit to it on a consistent basis, it's life-changing and it's transformative. And 
I really did come away with a deeper understanding of who I am and whose I am. I discovered my worth and value. I discovered my purpose. And I believe that my daughter did too. It, it, it's sad because with the holidays and then January and just being constantly sick, I haven't been able to really spotlight or do much, excuse me, in our community group. My poor co-admin has had to kind of carry the weight in that group for me because I just haven't had it in me to give. And I'm so grateful for um, his doing that for me. Um, we're truly like family. He's a, like a family member. And um, I'm truly grateful that he has done that and he does it so well. Um, but I, I really, I couldn't spotlight um, or participate in service projects for December and January. And it was really, I really noticed a huge difference. I really, really did. It's a day and night difference, guys. It's really a day and night difference. I am back into my <laughs> electronics. Like, what do you do when you're laying down and you're sleeping and you've slept so much and you've laid down so much that you literally are, are like, you need some kind of stimulation, right? You turn to your cell phone <laughs> or TV, which I did. And it just felt like the months of December and January, even though good things have happened during those months, it kind of felt like I was stuck, like kind of in a funk. It put me in a funk and at times bouts of depression and anxiety. So, um, and I'm sure that the seasons and the weather that we've had hasn't been helping, <laughs> but, um, now I know, I know that I can't keep junk in my house that it will tempt me at some point, even if it's a month later, it will tempt me. And that I now know that when I serve, that that is what I will turn to when I'm feeling depressed. You know, I may not be serving at the time that I'm experiencing depression or anxiety, but what I've learned is that the effects of serving linger. Um, it sets me in such a positive mind frame for the entire week that usually when the harder times hit or the dips in the road hit, I'm much able, I, I feel much more capable of getting through those times, um, with so much more grace and power and endurance and energy. Like I can't put it into words exactly, but it definitely, it's, it's sort of the reason why I like to go to church because it re-energizes me. It renews me. It rejuvenates me. And service does the same thing. I don't have to do it exactly when I'm feeling depressed as long as I do it close to that time and um, near that time. I, it, it's, if I'm doing it consistently once a week, I don't really have to worry about the depression, anxiety, they pretty much stay at bay. They really do. So just something to consider and something I wanted to share with you today. I hope that this message inspires you and that you can receive the same benefits that I have and learn the same things that I've had, because I really felt like when I, those times that I was consistently serving 
I, my life was filled with so much meaning and purpose. It's all about relationships, guys. It's about our relationships. It's not about status. It's not about what we own. It's not about what we are doing for leisure activities. It's none of that. It's all about our relationships, all of the, all, our relationship with God, our relationship with our, with others, our relationship with ourselves, um, our relationships, even, you know, that go beyond that, our relationship with food, our relationship with money. Like it's about our relationships <laughs> really, really is. So just hope that you will take those things into consideration so that they can serve you too. You know, I would love for you and the people that you interact with and serve to really enjoy the blessings that come with that and the rewards that come with that. So rewarding. I absolutely love humanitarian work. And I don't say that. I promise you, I'm not sharing this message to toot my own horn in any way, shape or form, because Lord knows I fall so short of, (laughs) of anything close to perfection. I really have my own things and hangups and stuff that I have to contend with and work through and, um, you know, flaws even like really, I have some weaknesses and some flaws that I have to work on. So I promise I'm not saying this to say, look how good I am. I'm trying to just share what my experience has been and what my takeaways have been and in hopes that it will serve you and the people that you touch and the lives that you touch. Okay. That being said, you do know because I've shared this before, unless you're new, (laughs) I have an online support group as well as one that meets in person. For those of us who are learning about addiction recovery, going through addiction recovery, or just really want to improve our health by abstaining from or lessening processed sugars, flours, and unhealthy fats. So, um, I do have an online group on Facebook. If you go to facebook.com backslash groups backslash healthy and bright, the word and is spelled out. Um, that is a very small private group and I love it. <laughs> the introvert in me loves it, but, um, I believe that everybody should have an opportunity to join if they're looking for support or accountability or meal ideas, or recipes, or tips on how to get through the yucky, or um, factoids, or information. This is a great group for that, for all of those things. Our chat is for accountability. You can pop in and pop out whenever you want. If you're going through a hard time, you need you need support right then and there. Um, I'm really pretty good about checking in, making sure that um, that if somebody does post, we, there's a respond, you know, we can respond quickly. So, um, I would like to just invite you to hop into that group. If you feel like you need some additional support or want to meet new friends, people that live similar lifestyles to you, you are more than welcome to hop in there. I do post new episodes in there. So if there's ever a topic that you want to talk about or share your thoughts and ideas or you know, whatever you're thinking or feeling about that particular topic, that is the place to do it. I stopped taking live calls. I stopped all of that just because it was very distracting for me. I do have ADD, otherwise known as ADHD, and I was losing my train of thought and then I couldn't get my complete message out. So the way that I combat that is by or prevent that 
is by opening up discussions in the group. So you can either share your comments on the post itself or create a new post. It doesn't matter to me, but I would love to hear from you. It's important for you to have a voice and to be able to use that voice in constructive and positive ways. It's important for you to have an outlet. And a lot of us who have food addiction usually have endured some form of trauma at one point or another. And when we do, um, many times in the process of that trauma, we lose our voice. So it's a very important part of, I think, healing. And um, I just want you to know that I'm interested in what you have to share. It's okay if you disagree. Just all I ask is to be respectful, to be tactful, and um, considerate, you know. And I invite you to. I invite you to join that. And if you are local to me and you want to join our online, not our online group, our in-person group, I am on Facebook under Julia Love. Just send me a message. If you would like to be a guest, you don't have to necessarily be a professional. If there's a message on, our, on your heart that you want to share that, that you feel could benefit those of us who are going through addiction recovery, or if you have had an experience that you want to share, or if you have some information and knowledge whether you're just, uh, you know, an individual who has had these experiences, or if you're a professional and you would like to share, I invite you to reach out to me. Let me know because I would love to have a discussion and bring you on food addiction to share. I would love to do that. So if you're interested in that, um, please reach out to me. And by all means, if you find value in this particular um, podcast, please share, share with your family and friends. That's very helpful. I don't want to set up subscription and charge. I think that whatever I share is really, um, everyone is deserving of that information and shouldn't have to pay for it. I just, that's my own opinion. Um, I may feel differently down the road, but I don't feel that way right now. And I don't think I will anytime soon. So, um, with that being said, normally I'd say make today great, but it's late. It's 1040 <laughs> and I'm getting this out there late and I apologize. Uh, I'm just get, I'm just glad it's getting out there. Let's put it that way. So instead of saying make today great, I will say good night to those of you who are turning in for the, for the night. Sweet dreams to you. To those of you who are in the middle of your day or starting your day, depending on where you live in the world, um, the rest of you make today great. <laughs> there you go. All right, guys, just know that I love you. And thank you for joining me in my journey and letting me share the things that I'm learning and discovering. And I hope that they can be of service to you that, that it can benefit you. Take care.